Merci. Hi, everyone. I'm here with Rob Henderson, and we're here to talk about uh, White Lotus. Rob, how are you? I'm good, Richard. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. So this show is a uh, like a it's a six uh, episode. It's said its first season. I think the show. I, I didn't realize this until the very end of the show. But it, it's about the hotel, right? It's not. We're not going to follow the characters from season one onward, right? Right. Yeah, that was my understanding too. So it was recently renewed for a second season, uh-huh. and it's supposed to have like a whole new cast of characters and everything. And we're not we're not following these characters along, which I think is probably for the best. I mean, yeah. we can get more into it later, but I thought the show started very strong, like the character development and the interactions and everything were very intriguing. But by the end, you know, I, I wasn't entirely enamored with these with like these characters and the idea of continuing to watch them. Uh, have you ever, by the way, have you ever seen a show called Room 104 on uh, HBO? I, I know of the show, but I've never watched it. It's it's like that. It's like it's a, there's a, there's like this motel and there's something room 104 and every episode is just like a new character who comes into the motel and they have like some kind of adventure. Yeah, um, okay. So it's like that. It's like there's certain shows that are just based around a place, not necessarily uh, the characters. So yeah, because the characters they their stories never intersected. I always expected that to happen, and they had a little bit of interaction, but the the stories were basically uh, separate. Um, yeah. So yeah, that that I, I didn't figure that out until like the. Last episode, or second to last, it was about the the hotel, not the uh, not the people. So it's in, it's in Hawaii, and so there's six episodes, and I think let's just get right into it because you really liked it, and I'm a little more mixed in my view. So t- tell me what what you liked about the show. Well, I, I'll say that I I started off really liking it, and then by the end, I didn't think they stuck the landing, and the finale, I was I was pretty disappointed by it. Um, so, so I guess like overall, like that, that definitely affected my overall opinion of the show, but I, I'll, I'll say that it was like a pretty good show. Um, yeah, I mean, so, so what are the things that I liked about it? Well, I mean, like very early on, of course, like I'm, I'm always interested in sort of like class and status dynamics. And we could see that, you know, very clearly with the guests of the hotel, you know, the Mossbacher family and Shane and his wife and, uh, and, and Tanya, right. The sort of eccentric older lady. And so you're, they're very clearly like, you know, members of the 1%, very well to do, like, yeah. you know, a, to be able to stay at a White Lotus. I mean, it must cost thousands of dollars a night. And then there's the staff of the hotel um, who are sort of like working class people who were just trying to get by, struggling, whatever. I mean, I think it was in the first first or second episode, Armand, the hotel uh, manager, you know, he didn't know that his new employee, Lonnie, was pregnant, right? She, I think mm-hmm. she's a Hispanic or Hawaiian woman, Lonnie. Uh, I thought she was she Asian. Like a, she oh, she, she I, I thought so. Uh, but she was like a hotel housekeeper or something. And yeah. yeah, she was pregnant and she didn't want to say anything because she needed the money and the job. And Armand was like shocked when she starts to give birth in his office. Um, and yeah, I found like those kind of like little dynamics interesting too. Um, like even within the classes, Armand himself is like, you know, sort of a worker at the hotel, but he also has to manage these people. So he's like, even he is sort of above them and he didn't even know what this woman's name was. Um, I kept getting it wrong, uh, throughout, throughout that first episode. Yeah. So he's, yeah, he is the, uh, yeah, he's like the manager of the hotel and I've worked like these kind of jobs, not at a hotel, but like at a restaurant, like hospitality jobs. And, uh, you are, um, 
uh, not hospitality. Restaurants aren't hospitality, are they? No. Um, so like I've worked at like restaurants and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, the, um, yeah, I mean, there, there is like a sort of like, you know, the Mossbachers and the, the guests, I don't think they're in the same universe as them. They're thinking like Armand is like my boss and he's, he's a prick or I like him or, or whatever. Um, so yeah. And so, and the other ones and the, all the guests, so there's three, uh, groups of guests that we follow around. Like, yeah, just a lonely woman, the, couple and then the mas i think we could treat you know we could treat them separately so i'll, I'll tell you yeah I, I thought some of the class stuff was good i thought some of it was overdone and not very realistic so like uh the shane character i did not think was a realistic character um i think somebody said give me a caricature of like a doofus frat boy and he went to like he went to cornell he's wearing cornell hat so he's like not you know it's funny they picked cornell because they're signaling like he's well off he's not like a genius he can't get into like harvard or something <laughs> uh, i, I, I thought like, of uh, andy bernard from the office right like i'm sure a lot of viewers made that connection of like the sort of doofus who is like proud of his school but like you know the writers put that on put that uh, put that character through that school on purpose to like indicate that yeah he's not he's not as good to get into like one of these other fancy schools yeah so he's there and then his you know he's got this uh what new wife. so yeah so he's like he's just like a character she's like everything that comes in out of his mouth is yeah, just yeah. like you know calibrated so he's got this wife who is um who's doing clickbait content on like some like websites buzzfeed and, or something yeah and she's and she's really pretty and really feminine and really attractive and uh like you, you don't like see like what about him she would find attractive Right. It's it, 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 like, yeah, that probably just is money. I mean, I think that's, that's the point. Uh, but it, yeah. it's not even, it's not even like, like, you know, there doesn't seem to be like a realistic, like way that these two people could have connected in my mind. And well, I, I don't think they showed it. I don't think they showed it. I think they just showed him as like a caricature and there was just like nothing like, you know, interesting or funny or noble or like honest, like something you'd, you'd expect something there. But it was just too much trying to prove he was like this, you know, this dumb frat boy. In the opening scene of the the very first episode, the, the two girls, um, Olivia and Paula, the two uh, college student girls of the like of the Mossbacher group, um, yeah. they're making this sort of commentary. And, I, and at first I thought they were sort of describing these characters like they already know what's going on. And they're just sort of like telling us the audience who they were, you know, and they were talking about Shane saying yeah. like, oh, Dartmouth, international finance. He has a small dick, like sort yeah. of like telling us all these traits about them. And then it's not until later that we learn like, oh, they were just sort of guessing and like sort of like skewering these people privately as a little joke between those two. Um, so I found it funny also that like, you know, they, they guessed that he was a, a Dartmouth grad, but he actually went to Cornell and then yeah. he has a small dick or like all this stuff. And, and in a way, like they were kind of spot on because, well, I don't know if exactly, but mm-hmm. not totally off base because, um, his wife, Rachel, like clearly doesn't like to have sex with this guy. And, you know, they were, you know, on base about him working in finance and the kind of school that he went to. And I think like at some point early in their interaction, uh rachel says something just it depends on like the emotional moment i don't think it was like a physical thing like when he was like really sweet to her yeah like she would but like she would kind of go along with it yeah i mean so so as far as like when they met i i think she so rachel the the wife she said something like you know they'd only known each other for like four or five months and like she was in a weird place or something probably with her career or whatever 
And yeah, the, the Shane character did come off very much as like a caricature. I mean, I found it funny. So, so there were a lot of books in this show, right? Like you see yeah. characters reading books and Shane the whole time is only yeah. reading one book. And the only yeah. book he's seen reading is Blink by Malcolm Gladwell, which like, when did that book come out? Like 15, 20 years ago? Like, That's an old was book. That, That's right. it, it's, it's kind a, of an yeah. older book. And but I think they, a lot but, of this stuff is outdated and he never yeah, so, finishes it. Are, but the but the girls, so the girls, I mean, he he teases they're reading Freud and Nietzsche, and the, the one is reading Freud, one is reading. They were reading other some other fancy stuff too. I forgot. Jacques Lacan and uh, the the de- the like uh, colonialists, yeah, you know, all, yeah, basically a lot of the deconstruction but, kind of stuff. But he but he Shane got them because when he was teasing the girls by the pool, he's like, you know, your pace of reading must be you know amazing because like they had they switched their books like they were in the middle of like one book one day and then the next. So they were, I mean, that they I think they were posers. Like I don't think they were reading that fast. Right. And he was, I think, reading like, you know, he's on vacation. I think like a normal human, you know, but maybe read, I don't think you're going to. Oh, interesting. So you're taking this perspective that he was actually like, you know, whereas the girls were kind of like, yeah, like faking their reading. He was actually yeah. diligently like doing it page by page. And I don't know. Like, do you think it's not? I mean, do you think you should read like five books, five complete books? At a, <laughs> what is, like, like, I, I wonder why they yeah. chose Blink, though, like of all the books. So, you know, so we're I, I agree with that. Shane is this kind of a caricature of this frat boy Cornell finance guy who got this like trophy wife um and we could talk about his relationship with his mom too but yeah, why, why that was also unrealistic. i thought that was that was yeah the most unrealistic part but okay yeah yeah i mean so so this gladwell i mean is is gladwell now seen as like the sort of like author for like you know sort of shallow rich douchebags or hmm. you know like how how is he seen now as an author by by people who you know would make hbo shows like the sort of uh, yeah, chattering class good... the intelligentsia or whatever like is he is he no longer as has he fallen off his perch i guess yeah i mean yeah i wonder i mean what they're doing with this like yeah hmm. i mean it, because i like the way i took it was just like Gladwell is like something you'd pick up on the airport on the way. Maybe it means too old at this point, but something you'd pick up on the airport on you know on the way to a vacation. Yeah. I feel and like he used to be of- like a very like you know esteemed author. Um, yeah. I mean, I know he's I had his think, critics. I don't think he has a bad reputation. I think it's just like it, it's yeah. more. Yeah, I mean, is it like are these books ref- reflecting their intellectual like capabilities and level, or are they reflecting like their stat? Like in my view, Freud is not. Uh, you know, yeah. but but he's seen this sort of high status. Uh, yeah, where, and Nietzsche but, too, right? Whereas yeah. I think, like in like comparison, like you know, with within the books on the show, Blink is you know probably the, the easiest to read. Maybe like the one that you might like more more quickly make fun of. Although to people, you know, you can easily make fun of Freud too. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, like Gladwell, Gladwell is like yeah, is he sort of well? A few years ago, Steven Pinker, uh, uh called malcolm gladwell a minor genius and like critiqued him basically like minor genius was almost like this sort of insult uh in in this article that he wrote about about some of gladwell's work so um so i you know i wonder if that's sort of like the perception that of gladwell now that like he's sort of like this clever guy but his books aren't really that great or something i guess we should Um, i mean i guess we should just get to the the politics of it directly because like you saw do you see andrew sullivan's review uh, yeah, yeah. When you sent it so to me, Pinker I think you sent reminds, it to me. I mean, Pinker and Andrew Sullivan, I think, are liked by sort of the same kind of people. Okay. And I don't know if the I don't know if the uh, I don't know if the uh, producer likes Sullivan, but Sullivan at least likes you know what they did with the show. Yeah, he really um, liked that show, right? Yeah, he really loved it. <laughs> he really loved it. And 
I think like he's mostly accurate that it is like the if you're going to describe the worldview of it, I think you're going to describe it as like New Yorker classical liberal, like sort of fed up with identity politics, but like also sort of thinks they you know they have a little bit of a point, not not like the chair. So I think the chair was like you know which is the last thing we talked about, which was like like they're more right than wrong, you know, like the leftist crazies. This one I think they're more wrong than right is the perspective although they still have something uh to say like okay so the, the non-woke part i think of the show uh was when uh uh was when they were sitting by the pool and like they own the most so most of the time you know it's like they have like responses to each other so like the the two daughter the, the daughter and her friend are like college age you know whatever freshman or something and they're always talking like this saying these woke things and then the mom is like a hillary clinton fan and yeah. like the dad is just like i guess apolitical and and sometimes he goes off on rants like when did i become the bad guy i was like a you know i was almost a yeah i think he's supposed so, to be this caricature too in some ways right of like this yeah. sort of like middle-aged white guy who's like upset yeah and well yeah i mean but he's not dri- yeah he's not driven by like politics he's just like sort of bewildered by it I think and, he, he like he felt like he, like his masculinity was wounded, and he just wanted to sort of like be, you know, be validated as a man, which is sort of what, what right. happens. And the, the fact end. that he gets that through violence is what gives the show a sort of right wing. Like his wife <laughs> won't have sex with him until he beats okay. the, until he, uh, until he gets beat up or he beats up the. Uh, or, yeah, he yeah. fights. Well, the he body. got his ass kicked, but like you know, he he took the risk and tackled the guy. Yeah, at least so, he yeah. fought. And so yeah, then yeah, his yeah. wife has sex with him finally. Yeah, and, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, and. And so, but anyways, so like the mom is fighting with the girls, I think mainly is, is what the argument is. And like, uh, she's like, oh, Hillary Clinton's a great woman there. They, it was funny where they said like, she's a neoliberal and a neoconservative, which is like both true, but I it was just like something you'd say. I think that's like, it's actually like sophisticated, but it's also like a dumb thing to say. So I thought that line was really funny. Um, and the, uh, but the, um, like the one point was like, oh, I'm sorry. It's so lame to have a job that pays for all this. Right. The, 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 the says but then but then when she's saying like be nice to your brother you know it's hard for white men or something and then paula the who's apparently black or part black i mean she's obviously a person of of color and quote unquote i they we never tell they never tell us what right i think she looks she's i would guess half black i don't know yeah. um and uh and then Paula is like, uh, oh, tell me about it. Like, the, you know, the difficulties of white men. And, like, Olivia's like, oh, yeah, isn't that because they've always, you know, had the opportunity? Like, she's like, the mom is like, they, we can't hire them, you know, white men at all. She's like, isn't that because they're the only people who can hire? And that, that sort of let the hang. So that's like an own from the other yeah. side. I found that, uh, like, that whole, like, the dynamic within that family of, like, Nicole and uh, Mark is the husband. Like, the, the the parents who are sort of, like, center left. I mean, the husband is less political than the mom or, like, less, you know, whatever. The mom is, like, a Hillary Clinton fan or whatever. But they're sort of, like, the center left, like, centrist liberals, like, classical liberals or whatever. And then, the, and then Paula and Olivia, the college student girls, are, like, you know, they're more in the woke direction of things. And even the boy, to some extent, is, right, like... You know, he's like less overly political, but he wears a shirt that says end homelessness. And he sort of like makes these comments about the about uh, sort of climate change and stuff. And so the kids are like, you know, more really? left really? than the parents. Yeah, the, boy, like, the boy talked about climate change. I missed that. What did he say? He said something about like, you know, oh, we're poisoning the planet and, mm-hmm. you know, something about the animals, something along those lines. It was a throwaway comment. Um, yeah. But 
yeah, so, so so there's this sort of like political dispute within this family, which I find interesting, which I, I actually, you know, I, I'd imagine well, this happens funny, a the, lot. The, 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 the divide is political, apolitical, because the boys are apolitical and the girls are fighting. Uh, it's like one generation versus another, which is sort of funny. Yeah. And I, th- well, the, the, the dad, I think he just, he just wants to like get along too. I mean, he, uh-huh. you know, when he's talking about, you know, the Hawaiian dancers, he's like, oh, I think they like to just show their culture. And he's just like, he, he yeah, he's totally like removed from the, you know, the, 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 the conversation or whatever, like the discourse around like colonialization and oppression and all these things and he has like he almost has this sort of like pseudo evolutionary psychology perspective of like we're monkeys and all yeah. we want is dominance and status and power and people don't willingly give that up you know we're we're, we're just we're all just monkeys and that is like oh, I, I guess like in a way you could argue that that's sort of like a more right right-wing perspective but i think the dad is yeah. just like you know he's just not interested in politics in general yeah yeah. So yeah. I, well, I mean the, the 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 music, and the and the and the, the, the where you cut to the different scenes. It's always got this. It, it, the monkeys are always there. I think that's a, that's a theme. Like I don't know why monkeys like. There's this like jungle way. sort of music. I actually liked the soundtrack a lot to this to this show. Yeah, I think that's yeah. I think that's important. Yeah, because that's mm-hmm. that is showing. Yeah, the, the, its worldview is uh, sort of. Uh, yeah, it accepts you know accept this evolutionary psychology perspective. There's no pushback on that stuff. There's just like mm. there's racism, like, but like the idea that like people fighting and like you know is natural. Like the part about you know having sex with his wife after he punches her. Like the fact that you know, uh, you know, like everyone sort of knows that Rachel's like beauty. You know, I, I love the scene where oh, yeah. the, the girls are like condescending to Rachel, who's like naive and nice, <laughs> and they're like you know not and like not as pretty. Uh, and mean and like she gets up and she's got you know this great body oh, yeah. like, that whole interaction it just, was it destroys was it destroys them it destroys them yeah. right and <laughs> well this is so, so they're, yeah. they're by the pool right so the three the scene you're talking about it's olivia and paula the two college girls are by the pool and they're reading you know lacan or whatever whatever book they're they're pretending to read and yeah. uh and rachel is nearby and i think like rachel's trying to be friendly too and there's also this sort of sort of class dynamic going on with rachel and yeah Shane she and went to some she went to suny yeah. pots is that a real pot stamp? i only thought there was a, uh, i don't know it, well like I, the sunnis in general are just conference. sort of like you know yeah. i guess they're not but, like but the, 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 the fancy really? suny potsdam yeah i thought potsdam yeah. i know the potsdam conference and Germany, no, no the there is it's apparently it's it's real it's okay. but it's so uh let's see yeah. what the uh, uh sat score we've got oh man out. we're trying to triangulate on rachel maybe that's why rachel's journalism career didn't take off because she went to 11 40 what is uh what is 11 40 uh as far you know, as a percentile? you know that's not that's a little more than average but it's not you know yeah a little stellar. more than average for a college yeah it's pretty bottom tier uh yeah according to my quick googling Eleven. But at least she was able to get a journalism job. It's about so that yeah, also, sixty. Yeah, sixty-seven percent. So it's not a sixty-seven percent. So, so yeah. yeah, but yeah. So so she's like, you know, the girls are asking, like, well, I think Rachel is the one who's trying to be friendly and connects with them and sort of says, like, where are you guys yeah. from and blah blah blah. And then the and then like the, I think the well, implication is they're Olivia. higher than Shane. That they they're, they've got to be higher than Shane. They've got to be somewhere higher than Cornell. I think we don't uh, know where oh, they go. Oh yeah, but we never learn. That was interesting well, they too. To, I, they could go to like Oberlin, or like do people from Oberlin or like places like that look down, like look down on Cornell? Maybe, uh, like probably. I, I, yeah. I think they. Well, I don't know if they would be. 
Oberlin types. Like, I mean, of course they could go to Oberlin, but I don't know if the, if the writers would say that they went there. They, they do seem more like, because they're know, because like, they, like more like a small liberal arts college or something is, like is that. that they're like too Milbury. conventionally, they're too con- interested in being conventionally attractive for something like Oberlin. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, uh, yeah, they, uh-huh. yeah, too conventionally attractive for Oberlin or like, um, I don't know, one, one of these other like like uh, Wellesley or something like that. Like yeah. they seem more like uh, yeah, like a Middlebury or Amherst or something like, or, or, or possibly like Princeton, but but I think more like like a an elite small liberal arts college. Um, nah. given how much they're, you know, they're reading. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so then like, yeah, and, and they're going back and forth and like, clearly like I, I couldn't tell, you know, for, for like the first four or five episodes, I was, I was convinced that Olivia was definitely like a psychopath and Paula was probably a psychopath. And that, that interaction sort of like confirmed it for me because these two were clearly getting a kick out of like cutting, cutting Rachel down by like sort of like laughing at where she went to college and sort of like, why isn't your husband paying for your college student loan bills? Like, can't he mm-hmm. afford it? That kind yeah. of thing. And then, yeah, she gets up and like takes off her robe and shows like her perfect bikini body. And these girls are like, oh shit, you know, like, and, and Rachel's clearly enjoying sort of uh, eliciting this envy from them. Is she? Yeah, I think she is. I think she is, yeah. She's I mean, too I, innocent for that. I don't know. She seems very, like, she's very, she's very naive. I uh, mean, it, no, it, it, I don't think so. I, I don't think she's naive because he also had that other interaction with, with Mark by the bar and yeah i think like she sort of like understood that he was because later on after that interaction with mark at the bar she tells her husband that like oh yeah that guy mark like the the dad in that family was like staring at my tits and like no of course he was of course she knows that no of course she knows guys look at her but but you're thinking she doesn't know like the the subtle status games of like trying to make people jealous with the body yeah i think i think so i i think yeah i i think that like she knows I don't, like women, I, I find like have a sometimes distorted ideas of like where they rank, how they look compared to other women, and they're very insecure about it. So you know, she doesn't strike me like as the type who just knows she's prettier than uh, and more desirable than these other girls, uh, I don't and like know. she I, can just I, overcome her Potsdam degree by just showing them her her body. I don't maybe. <laughs> I don't know. She was thinking like, oh, this is going to make up for it, but she's like, you know what? Fuck these two <laughs> girls. Like, I'm just gonna go over and like, you know. I, but of course, it could have also just been the way that they shot it, like the way that they filmed it was like, yeah, you know, right, right. to to you're, make the viewer like you're watching from you know, her pers- from their perspective, yeah, from from the girl's perspective. Rather, yeah. so you don't you're not sure that so we're not sure that Rachel. Uh, did it on purpose, but at least the effect of what she did was to make these girls envious. But that wasn't Rachel's intent necessarily. Which is, you yeah. know, it's well, it's funny because the the girls Olivia and Paula they seem to get they get all, they actually do get along with Shane. You see, he's flirting with them, and she gets jealous, right? Yeah. So you have these like you have these people who are like you think like they're on different sides of like say uh, like politics or woke or wokeness or whatever. Like you know, they want the other, but like when they're interacting, there's something very primal there, and like they're both sort of very high status. And they do get along and they connect at a level in a way that like Rachel, you know, is uh, like, uh, you know, these other characters, I guess Rachel is a funny one because she's high status, but she's high status in but just marriage. because of looks. But yeah, well, look, and exactly. her looks, looks yeah. which lead to marriage. Yeah, looks which well, lead to marriage. And then I'm these also other two are now. sort of, are ge- these other two, Shane and the girls, are genuinely good at climbing status hierarchies. I mean, that, that right. I think is key. And that's why he's a finance bro and they're, you know, they're super woke. But it's sort of the same thing is going on. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Well, Shane himself. So, yeah, Shane never makes, or Rachel, they never, we never learn about their politics, right? Which is kind of interesting. Um, he, you know, he mocks, Shane mocks um, the clickbait stuff 
he mocks journalism. Oh, sort of, right, uh, right. So he kind of like, yeah, he's whatever he sees through it or he like made a joke about it being just from like whatever bullshit issue of the day, something like that. Yeah. But and Rachel, they also put that in, in, you know, Shane's mouth. And I guess like, yeah, this is supposed to be like contributing to this caricature of someone who who's just like some like dopey rich white boy who you know, doesn't care about the issues or something, right? Like, well, sort of I, I don't think that idea. that part of him is supposed to be that bad because like, it, like everyone knows like what Rachel was doing was clickbait nonsense. I mean, I think that's like, everyone acknowledges that. And she does try to do something like women in uh, business or something. And then like the mom gets oh, mad yeah. at her because she, you know, she did, wasn't woke enough, like for, for the Hillary Clinton type, it was not about being woke enough. It's just about like, you know, not giving her her proper respect. Right. Right, because um, they like say that she she rode the Me Too movement to her her current <laughs> which position, is, yeah. yeah. Which is yeah, like, it's, it's, yeah, that was pretty interesting. No, no, no. That's yeah. Yes. I mean, I wonder if uh, so. You mentioned before that the girls and Shane were getting along and they were flirting, and so my question is: Do you think that was like sincere flirting, or was that like the girls knowing that Rachel? was watching them and watching them with interact with the fiance. And they were like, sort of like giggling and flirting to like piss Rachel off after, you know, after seeing her earlier was, in the pool. Yeah. I think it was, I mean, I think it was natural. I mean, I do because, um, the way it starts is they're reading the books and he's making fun of them and they're a little bit rude. I guess it is. I mean, it is consistent with that. You're, you're right. You're right. I guess it is. Consistent. Yeah. I didn't think of that. I didn't actually didn't, think of that possibility you have to think yeah. like what kind of guy would these girls be attracted to it's not, it's not it could be someone like shady it's not necessarily going to be you know it's the other guys like the hawaiian guy because he's like conventionally masculine he's got a you know nice body and he's you know, you know lower class oh, or, right. or whatever he's, he's not mouthing woke platitudes although he's got some kind of you know oppression story but that's not like something he's fundamental to his character so yeah i do think he's the kind of guy they would be attracted to. Um, and yeah, I, that's so probably I do, fair. And I, yeah, and, but they would make fun of him at a distance before, you know, definitely before. Yeah. They knew him, well, they, they were is, making fun of him at a distance. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, so they, also now I'm wondering if there's this sort of pre-selection effect where, you know, once they saw how hot Rachel really was, yeah, that's uh, that makes him more attractive to them, right? Like if this guy could land that hot girl, now he's more attractive to us as a, as a consequence of his sort of being pre-selected by such an attractive woman. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I'm not, yeah, different different layers here, I suppose. Um, yeah, I found that the Rachel character, so she, I think there was like a naivete to her, and part of it was. Um, her class background, you know, like, like Shane at one point says like, Oh, your mom could never afford to fly to yeah. Hawaii. And of course she herself is like some clickbait journalist. So she doesn't make much money, the kind of college she went to and so on. She's sort of like whatever middle-class or something. And that was, I think like a, a point of, uh, an interesting point of tension between her and Shane was when they first arrived, uh, Shane wanted the pineapple suite uh, like the honeymoon suite and they ended up getting like, I don't know, some other like really fancy room, but it wasn't the pineapple suite. And mm. one class difference I saw here was that, um, for Rachel, it was fine. Cause that's like by far the nicest hotel she'd ever been to anyway. And she wouldn't know the difference between this suite or that suite. So for her, it was fine. But for Shane, it was very important that they get this other suite. Um, 
And, and it wasn't, I, I don't, I don't think for him, it was about like how nice the room was. It was just like, you know, you pay for this room. I'm rich. Like I should get this yeah. room that we paid for. And yeah. he was being very stubborn about it. He couldn't let it go. And, you know, so, so I think like, and that's kind of how it started between them, right? Like how this like yeah. slow, like boiling argument that erupted later on started was, you know, basically this class difference between Shane thinking like, I want the room that, that we paid for and, and Rachel saying like, this is a nice room anyway, let's just stay with it. Yeah. Well, I thought, I mean, I thought that was sort of, that, that was a bit, you know, I thought that, I mean, I thought that was overdone. Like, I, you know, he, the fact that he like his whole honeymoon just becomes about like rich people also like have a, you know, time is valuable to them. Right. I mean, they're not, I, I don't think like rich people, went to Cornell are always like complaining to the manager and like being obsessive <laughs> over, that, over stuff like that. I, I don't, you know, I don't think it is. And, you know, it could have got like a refund or whatever. He really like, he was really just, it became personal. It seems like it became personal with, uh, with Arnand, uh, who, who he didn't like. Um, yeah. and then the, you know, the other thing is realistic. Like the guy, you know, his mom co- shows up and like, you know, who's that clueless? Like, Oh, he brings his mom on his honeymoon and then they hang out with the couple. And like, he doesn't know that like Rachel's not going to like that. I mean, that's just, that's just very, you know, that's just very unrealistic. Like well, that maybe he, that she wouldn't like it, but it doesn't like, I don't know. Shane struck me as, you know, if we're taking the character as he is, he was probably like, you know what, this girl's just lucky to be with me because I'm so rich. And so I can bring my mom out. I can complain. I can do whatever I want. And it doesn't matter because like, she's just lucky to be with me. And I think like, and there were indicators of this later that like, that's all that the mom was looking for, for her son, for Shane and Shane. That's all he was looking for was like a very beautiful woman who would just like passively go along. Like, yeah, the good trophy wife idea. Um, and well, I mean, are there people, do people like this still exist? I mean, I I don't, you, you, you've had, I think you went to Yale, so you know, you would know better than me. Probably. That whole Yale thing. People like this, uh, like, just I mean, like guys I, who just want a trophy wife and, and, and who want to go into finance, they must, right? There are some of those guys, and there are even guys, like finance guys I know, who have like very weird relationships with their mothers, uh, uh-huh. who like literally, I mean, I don't know what like the normal amount of time is to communicate with your family. Like I call my mom every couple of weeks, but like these guys are like literally texting their moms every couple hours. Um, uh, and that like, you know, the, the fact that a grown man has that kind of relationship with the mom blew up. So like, you know, Shane wasn't totally out. Like he was clearly like a- exaggerated for effect, but uh, that kind of personality type I think does kind of exist. Um, okay. but of course Maybe, like they, yeah. they, they sort of, uh, created that character for the show. Um, the value, yeah, the value yeah. system. Yeah. The, but the, but that value system, I mean, is that, is that something that, is that something that's still, I mean, so you have these people, they're not, they're not religious, but they're elites, but they believe in like the man, you know, going out there making a lot of money and having a pretty wife and the wife being happy with that and just doing nonprofits. I mean, how, how I, common I is this so. among people who say go to Yale or Harvard today? Um, yeah, I mean, I think like, so, so my impression is that it's sort of, they're like, even within these elite institutions, there's like tiers of like the upper middle class who are like the sort of woke champions, like that's sort of the people from like the 90th to the 99th percentile of like the income distribution who are like sort of like the woke champions and who like are supporting social justice and equal rights and all that for women. And then like among the 1%, like, the, like you know, the, the, the richest of the rich, there are still like more, I don't want to say like, you know, dev, like traditional values, but closer to something like traditional values where it's still kind of like, okay, for like a guy to go to work and earn a lot of money. And then for the woman to run charities or do like other kinds of like work for, for, um, 
for different kinds yeah. of groups. To, are all those people uh, all whatever. Are, are, are they all Republicans? People like that? Oh, I don't, I don't know. I just, I, yeah, probably a little bit more evenly divided, but not that much more. So, like, I, I would still say, like, at least the majority of the the students that that go to places like like Harvard and Yale, they, they're probably more Democrat than not, but it's probably more politically diverse within that 1% than, than that 9% I was referring to, like that sort of upper middle class bracket, which is like very, you know, very skewed towards, towards the Democrats. So, yeah, I mean like, yeah, so that's a, that's an interesting question, right? Like is Shane and his mom, you know, are they Republican? Like they're not, uh, you know, they're not like crazy, like MAGA Trump supporting types, but you know, are they sort of like Mitt Romney Republicans? He could love, he could love Trump. I think his lazy, his, I think he's almost, ideally suited for trump actually uh for, for <laughs> as much as you can be for an ivy league right there's no like ser- yeah there's no like i don't think he's like a i mean i don't think he's like romney i don't think he's like cheney and wants to like democratize the middle east or anything like that you know i think he's just like haha these people these stupid journalists these stupid libs you know let's laugh at them sort of being spirited uh just sort of likes trolling i mean i think that you know i think trump it's could possible. be sort of you know ideal for him yeah, yeah, that's not possible, too serious about like, you know, policy or ideas or anything like that. I think, yeah. A, yeah, I think a type of person like that ends up liking Trump. He's not going to go volunteer for the campaign. He's not going to go do anything. Yeah, uh, but he likes the yeah. tax cuts, and maybe he yeah, likes, he likes the, 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 the he jokes. Likes Trump's, he likes the yeah, the jokes, though, the trolling, the yeah. humor. It's, well, yeah, yeah. It's possible. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, that was a that was an like you know the Shane the character like I don't know he he was definitely like to me he was far like he might have been the least interesting among the characters yeah, yeah, so, and uh yeah very one-dimensional and then and then rachel was was i think a little bit more interesting simply because like she in in some ways like you know in addition to like the hotel staff and everything like maybe like a sort of an audience surrogate of like here's someone who's clearly not from this world who's like just as amazed at this kind of hotel as the viewer would be um although i don't know the show's on hbo so maybe a lot of the hbo viewers are you know traveling to places like that but uh i, I doubt it um so so yeah uh and, and then uh to to me actually the most interesting character was maybe armand uh the hotel well, manager let's talk, let's talk about rachel for a second do you think that like, yeah. like a lot of shows have this like thing where like okay you expect it to be sort of like she should come to realize or like you know there's supposed to be like an arc where she realized she wants something more from life. But I think what the viewer sees, or what I see, is that she's remarkably beautiful and remarkably average in every other way. And like the one thing she has is her beauty. And like, yeah. you know, the thing is like, why not just why not just embrace it? Right. And like, why is she like so desperate for a career? Now that's my oh, perspective. Yeah, that that yeah. might not be the producer's perspective. It could be. But it hmm. seems to me like she wants something else where she's not really that well suited for something she's not like she's passionate she's not like she doesn't show some passion she just has this idea she should have a career she should be doing something there's not something she loves that like shade is preventing her from doing um and well, so is, no, is there, no, for a while reaction? though she was trying to like write that piece right like she got um assigned to write some piece about something or other and then shane got was mad it at her was like, that important was it something it was, it was she was just like taking any job like she was she yeah, wasn't yeah. Like, it wasn't an important thing but she and shane okay so this was actually kind of interesting because shane was saying like why would you take that on our honeymoon this is a special time and she was saying that like i worked really hard to build these connections and these relationships within journalism and if i decline this then i'm not going to get it i'm not going to get assignments anymore like she wants to like sort of stay on the radar and sort of like be like known as a person who can who can whatever write pieces for whatever whatever clickbait outlets 
And for whatever reason, that was important to her. Maybe it was like some element of the sunk cost fallacy where like she spent, you know, she went to college and she whatever, like developed all these connections in journalism and wrote all these pieces. So she it became like a part of her identity. And it's very hard for her to just let that go. Um, And on the other hand, she wasn't actually happy with Shane either. Right. Like she's I don't know how young she's supposed to be in the show, but like she seemed like sort of like, an you know, an emerging adult who's sort of like trying to find herself. And she's clearly unhappy with Shane and, and married him. Maybe just because he's rich and like decent looking guy and she was like feeling lost in her career. So like maybe she just doesn't know. Like I'm not happy with Shane. Maybe it's my career that that can, you know, sort of fulfill me. But yeah. clearly like that's not really doing it either. Yeah. So, there's no indication that that'll ever, yeah, that that'll ever do it. And yeah. Well, so the, in the end, she did end up choosing Shane, right? Like yeah, that to me was right. interesting was that like they had this big fight. She essentially breaks up with him, sleeps in a different room. Yeah. And then and like, like and then she's like, I'll be happy. No, she goes, I'll be happy. So is she submitting to something she shouldn't be submitting to? Is that what we're supposed to see? Or is she submitting to the right thing? I mean, the, the thing that she should be doing, right? That That's the question. Yeah. Well, okay. So I think a lot of conservatives would say she's doing the right thing, right? She's foregoing the career to get married and, you know, sort of start this family and whatever, like be a trophy wife or something. And probably a lot of liberals would view that as like selling out, right? Like you're giving up your, you know, sort of uh, esteemed career in journalism to marry this like frat boy douchebag who doesn't really love you. He just loves your image and what you represent. They're not even an esteemed career in journalism. It's just like, you know, a possibility. (laughs) You go to Potsdam, you're not, you're not, you don't have these connections. You don't have the, you know, you probably don't have the brains. I mean, you just have, you know, it's like, it's like she wants something unrealistic. She wants to make into field where she's like very ill-suited to make for big reasons of both background and maybe capabilities. Um, although she's pretty and that would, that would obviously help her in journalism. Which like in that case, I mean, like if we're, if we're just talking about like sort of like taking the resources you have and, and sort of stretching them as far as you can go to get to the highest place you can, then marrying Shane is the right move. Right. Like in all likelihood, even if she was like, that's, I mean, how, how sort of like cutthroat and, and sort of like, you know, the power laws that govern uh, an occupation like journalism would be even if she did go to the best schools in the world and publish in the top tier publications, she still would probably not make it or like it would the odds would be against her. Um, whereas like, you know, very clearly, like the most valuable resource she has, like you said, is is her looks. And so like by marrying Shane, she immediately joins like the 0.1 percent. Um, yeah. like, you know, the, the very, very affluent, very well to do. I mean, he, there was even a conversation with Shane, like she was overhearing the conversation eavesdropping Shane and his mom were like talking about these other families, these other rich families they know. And, uh, and Shane was like, oh yeah, like the, the, the father in this family, they, they earned their money by, because he writes, uh, uh, fictional crime thrillers. And she starts to like mockingly laugh and say, well, I guess they have to make their money somehow. Um, And and it's like, you know, these are like such snobby people that like, okay, they're rich, but they write these sort of like trashy crime thrillers. And that's like a reason to laugh at them. Um, So she's going to join that world, right? Where like, you know, you're, you're so rich that you laugh at how other people get rich. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm. And we don't know what they, we don't know how that family got rich, right? We don't, we never Yeah. Was there a dad? Did Shane ever make a reference to his father? No, I'm pretty sure they didn't. No, that was yeah, kind of that, interesting that, remain, too. that remains in the background. Yeah, mm. it's funny. You're supposed to think Rachel died throughout the show. Uh, oh, are we? Spoiler, is that, it, spoiler alert! Look, uh, there's spoiler. This whole thing is full of spoilers for everyone. Uh, oh, yeah, that's a good. You're point. supposed so, to think so, Rachel died. 
that's what you thought the, too, right? Of course. So for the viewers, like at the very beginning of the of the show, like the very first opening scene is you it's, see yeah. Shane seeing a body being loaded onto an airplane, and, and then I guess throughout the, yeah. the whole show, you're wondering who's the person in that in that uh, whatever that a casket. I think you're supposed um, to think it's Rachel because Rachel's not with him at the airport. Oh, so that who else would be? I mean, it's natural that Rachel would be at the airport. With <laughs> I never leaving. made that connection. How could you the never make that was connection? Like, I was waiting for her to die. I was like waiting. I, uh, but then I, I then at some point I figured out, no, they're not going to kill her. But I, I got that they we were supposed to think that. I mean, clearly. Interesting. Well, that kind of makes sense, especially towards yeah, the end where they have that fight, right? And Shane yeah. is like angry and he's like stomping and like hitting the table with his fists. So and he's, he's angry like, and he's really, really disturbed. So he's disturbed. He's alone at the airport at the end. They're loading up a body, you know. Like mm. it makes sense that yeah, it's going to be. Yeah, at, at, when I when I watched, I had no idea. I was like, oh, who's that? like? I thought that was like the whole point of the show was like the mystery of which one of these like oh, lotus guests oh, uh, that's dies. Funny. That's funny you missed that. No, <laughs> I, I, I'm a hundred percent sure you're supposed to think yeah. It was, yeah. It was great now, in my defense, I was on vacation when I watched most of the show, and I was pretty drunk for most of it. So, uh, um, so that could <laughs> be why. that could be why. Yeah. Um, but but uh, but anyway, so so I guess like yeah, that was like sort of all of all of Rachel's arc, and like I wonder what the producers and the writers wanted us to think about her character. It was like, did she make the right choice or not? I think probably we're supposed to believe that she made the wrong choice, like that she sold out, and that like sort of like along the theme that like Paula was saying uh, when when yeah. when Olivia ended up sort of whatever taking her family side or whatever in that whole uh you know, the robbery when when the, when the safe got robbed and everything and paula was like you know you're you're, you're one of them you know you're not with us yeah well and yeah so there is the this rich, undercurrent of like white privilege is real right that there is like an undercurrent i'm not I mean, a little bit more than an undercurrent but they you know it's like the white people always have a response uh, yeah don't wonder andrew sullivan likes it because these kind of people they like you know, they, they like. so, uh, you know, there's a type who just likes to like have the conversation. Like they're fine with people yelling at them and say, you know, patriarchy and, and white privilege and that. And then, but they also like to be able to get in their, their digs, right. Their, their, uh, you know, their responses, right. To show like, Oh, treat people as individuals with that. So it's like, it's like the thing was a conversation. And the kind of conversation these, you know, intellectual dark people, web kind of people like, which, you know, I don't like because I think wokeness is much more uh, pernicious and, you know, doesn't really have that much of a point or intellect. It's something that I think should be, you know, not not necessarily negotiated with and come to terms with. But but I think that that's the, you know, that's the idea. You're not going to get a radical redistribution of wealth like the poor Hawaiian guy, right? He, 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 uh, he was a good kid until he ran into that girl from the ivy league school who told him to basically rob her rob the family and now he's going to go to jail right so he's always like you know he really screwed up by by listening to her uh and so there's that so yeah i mean the rachel thing that my own interpretation is she made the right decision but like what we know from like just what the producer what they're likely to think is that probably not that probably wasn't in their head but then like if that's the case i wonder why i guess that you needed her to go to potsdam to make it realistic that she needed Shane, because if she went to Harvard and looked like she the way she did, uh, she doesn't just marry for money, right? She she has other opportunities to do things. That's a good point. So, so maybe yeah. So maybe maybe that's like how you get Rachel to be you know realistic in any way. Um, is to yeah, give her, and know, she's a, sympathetic a little... regardless too. I think like you sort of understand her predicament, and no matter what she did, I think like you would have sympathized with her. Like she's never shown to be 
like she never says anything that's like offensive or malicious or like all of the other characters they say something that makes you kind of like yeah. cringe or no, makes you like you could argue that you hate them but rachel was like a, a like an innocent in the show no, like within yeah, the universe of yeah. that show yeah she's got yeah even that is like a low class thing like to have a pretty girl who's like that pleasant is not you know it's sort of harder to find in higher classes now um and she's <laughs> and she yeah and she's a. uh, uh what was it? What was I gonna say? Yeah, she's um. Oh, I lost. I lost. I lost my credit. I thought I was gonna say something else about Rachel. Well, um, so, so anyway, like I, I think, like you know, regardless. So if she had chosen to like divorce Shane and and pursue her career, we would have been like, okay, that you know, she made the right choice. And the fact that okay, so she didn't. She stays with Shane. Like at first, I was like, this is kind of weird, like unexpected, whatever. But like, okay, maybe in the end, it's understandable. Oh, the, oh yeah. Here's uh, what I was gonna say. Yeah, there was even a thing where like you get the idea that even she is privileged because when she's talking to the black woman, so oh, the yeah. black woman is like her whole. She's like putting up with Kanye's nonsense and Kanye's the rich you know a horrendous looking white lady and the black woman is like it's like supposed to be this you know like you ever watch the commercials where there's like a white person acting crazy and there's like a black person rolling their eyes like it's a very common trope in commercials. I mean, that was kind of what this was right like a yeah, sort of exactly. variation of that yeah it's always yeah. the black yeah the black person like rolling they're like oh i'm the normal one I'm like oh look at these crazy crazy white people and, <laughs> and, and, and like even rachel is like a sort of a crazy white person a white person too because she's well off i guess she has this option and then she just gets yeah. up and oh, I'm done, right? And so she, she like, you know, that, that's like a, <laughs> that was know, a good she's impression. Like, she, she's sick of like holding up the world like as a black woman. <laughs> so there's, there's that yeah. Thing. Well, yeah. I mean, that was kind of uh, like the the Tanya character and her interactions with Belinda. I mean, that was so like. I, well, I actually thought like, especially the first like half of the show, the three quarters of the show, Tanya was like just hilarious to me like the way she spoke the way that she like interacted with the other characters like uh, like yeah just her whole like character was was just interesting and amusing to me um and i thought like initially she was sincere um so tanya is like the sort of like wealthy older lady who goes there by herself to spread her dead mother's ashes into the ocean or something and she runs into belinda at the spa that belinda's the black woman who works for the hotel and you know, I think she really wanted to help this woman, like start her own spa or start her own business or whatever. But then like this sort of white privilege commentary or the undercurrent throughout the show is that like, you know, this woman, she like, you know, she uses her money to kind of like string people along. But then as soon as she finds something more interesting to do, then she, you know, redirects her attention. And that's when she ran into the, uh, the sort of older looking gentleman who, who yeah. I, I mentioned looked a little bit like Scott Adams. Um, yeah can't remember his name in the show but like yeah the bald sort of uh older white guy yeah and i said she looks like trump which is which is funny uh <laughs> yeah. if you haven't watched the show you'll yeah you'll see you'll see it now. Uh, uh, but yeah she, she's yeah i think that's right and then at the well, end and, and so then yeah so belinda is sort of like this put upon working class black woman who like you know, sees a glimmer of hope and like, oh, I can get out of this place and start my own business. Yeah. And then Tanya last minute rips it away and she goes off with this uh with Tanya this other gets guy her a huge chunk of money, right? Tanya, oh, yeah, Tanya gets she, her, like, that was weird, envelope. like an envelope. And, and so at first I was like, no one carries cash like that. But then I remember Tanya's this weirdo eccentric woman. And so she might actually carry well, around. She went to the bank to get it. Then she went to the bank to get it. To the door or something. <laughs> know, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. The hotel probably has like, like, you know, yeah, a place where you can make withdrawals like that too. Um, yeah. And, and then, yeah, so then Belinda later is, like, serving as this kind of uh, whatever, like, like a, almost like a therapist or something for Rachel, who's complaining and crying about her husband. And that's when Belinda gets up and she's like, I'm dealing yeah. with these crazy white people, whatever. Yeah. And, like, w- but it, I think, like, the show did it in a 
you know, they, they didn't do it in a heavy handed way because from we sort of see both perspectives, right? Like from Belinda's perspective, this is just like a rich young white woman crying her eyes out about all the privileges she has in the world. But we also see this from Rachel's perspective, who is this sort of like middle class woman who feels like her options are are limited. And she married this guy under sort of confused pretenses. She didn't know who he really was. And so you can sort of sympathize from both of their perspectives. Yeah. Um, so I don't think like the show takes like a hard line, like for or against either one, like Belinda yeah. or, you know, or, or even yeah. Tanya, because I think Tanya was portrayed as fairly sympathetic as well like i don't think like t- yeah tanya never really did anything wrong or bad no, or whatever. she's, she's like, annoying to everyone yeah she's like she's you know talkative and annoying and self yeah. she's not like you know i don't think you're supposed to, i don't think you're supposed to like her. i think you're supposed to find her annoying but uh, stifler's mom uh she who, played who? steve stifler's mom in the american pie <laughs> trilogy for anyone who ever <laughs> watched american pie she was the mom of stuff yeah. anyway. well i guess one thing i guess one thing more like an overarching theme of of this and like a lot of art is like this is like if you're comparing the poor and the rich like the poor have to be so the rich like are like uh they're they're petty they they have these privileges they don't care about things that are important if they pretend if they like talk about social causes it's very uh you know it's very superficial and like a way to get status while the poor are just like working hard and trying to survive and like real they have this like genuineness that like the rich have lost with all their concern of like uh you know going up against it and i i just think that like like, could you even like make like are there shows or could you make a show that's opposite where the rich are portrayed sympathetically and actually like hardworking and more moral and more frugal and like you know be get, getting where they are for a reason and the poor are just like irresponsible and like terrible. <laughs> well, like, so so one of the shows that I once recommended or one of the movies that I once recommended we watch is Parasite. Uh, and okay. this was a movie that the critics adored because they sort of like thought that this was whatever, like the comeuppance of the rich. But um, Alex Tabarrok had a fascinating review of yeah, that I movie, saw that. I saw that. which is okay. basically what you're describing, where like the, the rich Korean family, like the dad, at least, is like hardworking. They're all pleasant, polite, well-mannered. Okay, but yeah, kids don't, don't spoil it for me. You know what? I'll, I'll, okay. I'll, I'll watch it. I think I'll, I you think should I'll watch, watch it. it. We can, yeah, we can do a review I, I, of it I was it turned off too. by the liberal commentary. I was like, this is going to be like the poor are great and the rich are the rich. No, 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 no. Um, That's, well, the Joker it, is another one. The Joker well, the, is another one yeah. like this where it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think that I think it is sort of reactionary. It's like, yeah, you 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 rile these people up at the bottom of it. Bad things happen. They oh, okay. have their own issues. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the society just falls apart. Like with the. But this isn't really like a moral. Okay, yeah. There's no like like necessarily like a moral commentary of like the rich being hardworking and and everything and like the poor being like whatever like scoundrels or something like like this was like you know the Joker was. You know, experiencing mental illness and whatever and but i think parasite is like a better example of what you're describing okay. here uh, yeah um, uh, but somehow bec- i think because it's like a foreign movie and whatever like uh, somehow the critics didn't catch like alex tabarrok i think was onto something with his review okay yeah i'd like to but see, anyway like to see um but yeah, yeah I, I, I thought it was yeah i thought it was i thought that was yeah like like belinda i mean i guess maybe if you're busy all the time like I think when people are at work, they're more like when they're working real jobs and they're at work. I think it's hard to portray them unsympathetically because like work is work. Like I think it's easy to portray like an academic unsympathetically because like you know they don't really do <laughs> because what it, real. because they're just doing this all day on their laptop. Yeah, they're doing this. They're, they're you know they're they're you know they're whatever. Yeah. I mean they have this idea um, of self importance. While if someone's yeah. doing like construction worker or something or like a hotel, they're physically worker, doing something. You, you see them doing things and you know it's useful. 
And, yeah. Well, uh, with, uh, one thing that like, so, so this, you know, you mentioned how the, the rich, you know, they're sort of disconnected and whatever, but they're also talking a lot about politics. You don't really see any of the working class, um, people, you know, working class, meaning like the hotel workers, even Armand, who's sort of like the, the higher status worker as the manager, yeah. none of them talk politics, right? Like very briefly, Tanya thinks that her, the lover she met at the hotel yeah, is like a black lives matter guy or something, but he works for like the Bureau of land management. Right. But she tells Belinda like, Oh, I'm, I'm going to go on a date with a guy who uh, supports BLM or something like that. And Belinda says, Oh, I think that'd be good for you. But that's like the closest any of them get to like indicating what their politics are. Right. Like you don't see Kai, like the handsome Hawaiian guy who, you know, later becomes a, a burglar or like yeah. Belinda, any of these people. I think that's yeah. realistic. Politics uh, aren't a part of like working class people's lives the way it is. Especially at work. Yeah, especially at work where like they, they you know, they're, they're worried about getting fired or whatever, or offending people. So they, you know, they, especially hospitality, especially uh, a hotel, I, you know, you, you don't go around, you know, talking about politics. There. <laughs> yeah. All of the, um, all of the workers of the hotel too are like members of oppressed or whatever, historically mistreated groups. Um, not Armand the surfer. Gay, Belinda's not the white, black. Not, not about the surfer that he that he has that he uh oh yeah on. the well is he gay though or not uh, he, right I, like I, if he's gay i don't think i'm telling you met armand i you know because i don't maybe <laughs> that was I his first know. gay experience maybe. was with I armand thought, when he was like i'll give you whatever shift you want and this like hot surfer dude's like all right <laughs> starts a bunny shirt like <laughs> i don't think he was he, he's probably bisexual maybe no all right all right yeah well they had they, they had like white waiters and stuff but yeah they weren't I think. Oh yeah, there was a white guy. Oh wait, what was going on? Okay, so there was speaking of like whatever, good looking white guys. So there was that scene where Tanya is by the pool. Um Oh yeah. What was and, that? Uh, the her lover swimming, and then this like really yeah. good looking dude lays down next to her. W- were we supposed to believe that he was attracted to Tanya? No. Well, definitely no, definitely not. Like, so was, <laughs> like why was he like is why he, was is he, he doing MLS, that? Is he a male escort? Is he trying? Is he know she's a rich woman and you know she might pay him for maybe? <laughs> that I, I was trying to figure that out. Like, are we like what I was wondering is like, are the producers trying to get no, they're not like, like trying to make Tanya into this like very beautiful woman or something? And like, the, like you know what I mean? Like they're trying to like push push an ideal of beauty onto the viewer. No, by no, telling no, us they're, that they're not so doing that. I mean, some some producers might. That's not this show. No. No, um, yeah, I, yeah, I was, I was very confused by it because, like, we never see that guy again. Like, he, I don't well, think we ever a, saw I, him before. Yeah, well, Did she we? doesn't believe. I mean, she doesn't believe. You know, she doesn't believe. Either. But he's, he's a. Uh, yeah, I think he's, I think he's like a male gigolo. That, that's what I thought. Are those like around at the hotel though, like prostitutes uh, or whatever? Maybe I, I mean, maybe no, he was there with another line, right? Because he sees this rich woman. Well, maybe if the if the if the hotel is like you know where a lot of old rich women go. Um, okay. I have to that. Like, yeah, because yeah. So he, yeah, he's like very over the top. I, I forget what exactly he does, but he's like sitting. He's over the top at how much he hits on her, right? Um, yeah. What does I he say? For do you sure remember, that. Do you remember um, the? Pardon? Do you remember the details? Like, what exactly did he say? Because I, I, I don't I'm remember. Pretty, he was he was just like I don't know, very like overtly flirtatious with her. Yeah. And like, and then she's like, oh, sorry, that, you know, that, that seat's taken or whatever. And, and then he gets up, but yeah, he says something like very flirtatious or like suggestive to her. 
And I was like, okay, like, is this going to go somewhere? Like, like first I thought, like, why is he hitting on her? This is kind of doesn't make sense because she's like much older than him. And he's no, like, but the way he's hitting on the way he's hitting on her is the way where like if you were like an escort or something, you you yeah. would get right. And, to and the so point. then I thought like, oh, is he like an escort? And then later on, like, there's going to be a storyline with like I don't know, sort of someone paying for sex or something. But it never really went anywhere. Yeah. Um, I wonder. Yeah, also have if, to rewatch. Uh, I mean, I think I think there's yeah, I think there's something that we're missing. I don't remember. That well, but I think yeah, that would be my, that would be my. Did you see guess. um, <laughs> so that scene with uh, what ethnicity was Arnon by the way? Ar- Armand, I think Armand was just a white guy, but he but just he had this sort of like, oh, um, had, like a, Australian, I think, or maybe, maybe New Zealand. Yeah, it looks like I mean, he looks. I mean, he's pretty dark and I mean, bushy hair. I mean, but it could have been. Yeah. Anyways, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Go um, so when he falls off the wagon, you know, like I was waiting for something to happen. And uh, and I wondered if he and Mark, the the the, the dad of the Mossbacher <laughs> family, if that was actually going to go somewhere. I was very nervous about this because uh, Mark Mossbacher, the father, learns that his dad didn't die of cancer; he died of AIDS yeah. because of you know sleeping with a lot of men. And then yeah. I think like, and then he went through this crisis of his own masculinity and his father and everything. And and then he runs into Armand at the bar, and I was like, oh man, is this going to go where I think it's going to yeah. go? <laughs> like. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. Uh, so he's yeah. So yeah, I mean, the thing about our, the Armand character is, you know, I think he's a more realistic homosexual than a lot of the homosexuals we see in in uh, movies or TV because he's like he's very lecherous. I mean, he's going around, you know, just like trying to hit on everyone he sees and like you know trying to take it <laughs> advantage. Trying to hit on everybody. He's only doing that when he's high. He's not like doing that. And I think he's very well put together, but the drugs are like pushing him. Well, in he's this, always like, on edge. Yeah, this is why he's an he's an addict and like he can't like handle it because oh, like, like white knuckling. He, he gets into his passions pretty easily, right? And so he has to be this like you know very strong, mm-hmm. you know, highly strong person. Uh, and I think a lot of a lot of gay men are like that. Uh, but I think in, in TV they're often portrayed as like you know these like uh, these like heroes or like these people who have nothing wrong with them and are just like energetic and nice and fun. And, I mean, know. I have heard like I don't know from uh, like like Douglas Murray, who's a you know the, the British journalist. They're like, yeah, I like, think there's like a lot of drug use and stuff and whatever. But which I guess yeah, like in a way, Armand is sort of like representative or something or like uh, yeah, p- portray some of that. But I think like. I don't know. I, I think he was like the most interesting because he had this like duality to him of like, you know, he's, he's like, you know, one of the clearly like a very competent manager, but then like, you know, like happenstance and fortune place this bag in his possession and then it ends up like leading to his demise. Um, yeah. Yeah. So like the bag of drugs that, that Paula, that was another thing, like this sort of class commentary was like Paula and Olivia are like in like this amazing resort in Hawaii where like you have, you can do like any you know, scuba diving or whatever, like, like right. it's just like this amazing resort. And they're talking about how bored they are. And they're like, Oh, do you have dr- Like, do you have drugs? Like weed wasn't good yeah. enough. Like they start smoking weed and they're like, do you have drugs? And then like they start pulling out like ketamine and all this other stuff. And I was like, this is insane. Like most people, yeah. like 99% of the planet would like just to be in a place like that would be a, a miracle. But for them, it's like, yeah, I mean, what was that? I mean, was like, this is another thing that's that realistic? Do you get people who are like, okay, like this, these are like mean girls, right? This could have been like from a 1990s or 1980s uh, show. But at the same time, they're super woke. I mean, do, are there are a lot of people who are like compartmentalizing like that who have just like taken like criticisms of white males and like incorporated into like you know the, just the mean girl like you know pretty and angry and like you know resentful towards everyone 
Is is that a thing, or does like wokeness like require you to be a little bit more not like that? You know what I'm saying? Oh, I, uh, yeah. Like, do you, well, so you're saying that like wokeness requires you to not like aspire to conventional beauty standards, something well, like that. Partly, yeah. It, not just that. Uh, wokeness also, you know, you can't just go around. Uh, I mean, you could, like, you you know, you criticize, obviously with wokeness, you criticize people for, like, their racism and, and sexism and stuff. Uh, but, you know, do you, I mean, do you, do you argue that, like, to indulge that kind of pettiness, you know, of, like, the old kind of, like, mean girls thing, requires, like, a self-centeredness and sort of, like, distance from politics and, like, you know, uh, social concerns uh, that they don't have, right? They 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 still are com- so like it's like the wokeness is very very superficial. I mean, it's always superficial, but like it's often superficial. But for them, it's like it's just like a few words, and then like they're the exact same people. Like the mean girls are the exact same people they were would have been 10, 20 yeah, years. Yeah, I think wokeness hasn't penetrated at all up to the personality, which I think is not necessarily realistic, or or maybe it is. I I I oh, realize no, I think that it is. I mean, I think like wokeness has changed a lot of people in terms of like, you know, including their appearance, like clothes they wear, yeah. how they sort of like uh, groom themselves or whatever, like hairstyles and all that stuff. But I, there, there are a lot of people who I think like physically they, you know, they look like conventional or whatever, but they mouth the platitudes and the beliefs and whatever. Um, you know, they kind of want it both ways, right? Like they want to be considered like a, a, an attractive person but they also want the status of like, you know, sort of believing the right things and whatever. Um, and I think like, especially among like that level of wealth, it's okay to do that. Um, like at that level of wealth, it's, it's not, you, you don't often see people like, di- you know, whatever, like disfiguring themselves or like doing yeah. weird things to their bodies or their appearance. Like they look kind of like, you know, whatever normal, but they still like say the things that you're supposed to say. Um, often not really believing them, which I guess is kind of what Paula's point is about Olivia, that, you know, Olivia kind of like sort of says she's supportive of whatever the movement is. But then in the end, she is like just a part of this rich white family and will sort of go to bat for them, which is like a weird thing. Like uh, Olivia's character didn't make sense to me because like five episodes she's shown as like this sort of like cold status playing psychopath who like, you know, like Paula makes these comments about like, you know, we're, 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 we're friends, but, but Olivia is tricky and like, she can't let me have anything better than her. And you see like Olivia flirting with the, with Kai, the handsome Hawaiian guy that Paul had been sleeping with, I guess, to like, you know, sort of get what what her friend has. And then at the end you see like Olivia, like in tears and hugging her family and like, just very like out of character for her. No, Yeah. I don't think that that's that. I mean, because these people live, I mean, these people like just wokeness and the mean girls and everything. I mean, they live in this bubble. And like, if there's the least bit of danger, like infringes on that, like, you know, they had a robber, a robbery in the, ho- the hotel room that can yeah. burst. Right. Because it's very, it's, it's based, it's like this kind of, uh, like, uh, this hard shell, but this hard shell that hasn't been put under any pressure, especially for a young girl. Um, and then she's, you know, she just cracks as soon as there's you know some danger of someone coming after her family or something. Uh, I think, yeah, I don't think that's that crazy. I don't know though, because like she was like up until that point, she was very cold toward her family and very dismissive. And like, you know, she was like, okay with her brother sleeping outside and like putting him in the kitchen and like locking him in that little room. And like, she just seemed like very dismissive and like, yeah, just didn't care. 
about what was no, going on. No, but she's not scared of that. I mean, but that's that's before she's scared. That's before something happens, right? She's, mm. uh, you know, she's okay. she's in her fantasy world where nothing will ever go wrong and there's no physical danger and you know nothing's going to happen to anyone. Um, but but did she think that they were in danger though? Because she was aware that Paula had helped orchestrate that robbery. So did she really right think her family I mean, was in any could, danger? I mean, you could still be in danger. I mean, her father, dad got beaten up. I mean, he could still be. Endangered, oh, right? I see. Yeah, okay. And, uh, yeah, because yeah. she doesn't know the circumstances of how that all went down. And yeah, yeah. I thought Kai was going to murder the mother when he came. Or when he came in, I thought he was going to rape her or murder her or something. That would have what? <laughs> Nothing in his character indicated that he was capable of that. <laughs> Heat of the moment. I don't know. She gets. She, yeah. she threatens to call the police. You know, it could have. Yeah, that, that would have made him. One more thing that I was uh, like, I'm glad that they played that scene the way they did because I was very concerned that, like, as soon as Mark ran into the room when Kai was robbing and and like pushed the whatever, grabbed the mother and pushed her on the ground, I was like, this better not be like Mark being able to beat this guy up because that is not in the realm of possibility that uh, he would be capable tackle, I mean, of taking this guy him. down. Yeah, unless he he's not like a really good first hit, like you know, unless he grabs yeah. something and hit this guy first and gave him like a, a you know sort of a well placed attack, but but otherwise, like there was no way that he was going to be able to take this guy. So I think it went down the way it should have gone down, which is he tackled him. The guy immediately gets up and punches him twice and runs away. Like yeah, that yeah. was about what I what, what should have happened. So yeah, yeah. Bad the guy. kept, well, kept realistic. You felt yeah, wait, you felt bad for which guy? Oh no, Kai! I mean, he's gonna go to jail for a long time because he listened to that dumb. Yeah, call. because of Paula, right? That was a weird. Like, I don't know if there was supposed to be like a an implicit message that the uh, the the writers of the show were were trying to send of like, you know, so Paula was trying to help this guy break into the yeah, Mossbacher safe, says, get right? some money. What's that? That's what Andrew Sullivan says. You try to act on wokeness, like these you know theories, and then you see what happens. Ah, okay, yeah, interesting. Is that right. it's like a reparations thing? It's like go in there and if you and, try to you get know, the reparations, it's not going to yeah. go well or something. Yeah. Or, or like at the end of the day, it's going to be like you're the one that who ends up getting arrested anyway. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's uh, yeah. It's terrible that it happened to Kai too because he was like you know he was like this innocent guy who's just working at the hotel and now he's going to jail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Paula doesn't. Uh, so I guess this is also sort of a reflective of like the the class divisions, which is like this was all Paula's idea. She talked him into it. Remember, he yeah. was like, it's not the same. Pe-. Like, you know, she's like, these people stole your land. And Kai's like, it wasn't these people who stole it. And she's like, it is those people go steal those yeah. bracelets. And she pays no price for it. Right. Like yeah. Paula, like even yeah, though she's, she's reading some book on she's reading some book on decolonization after that. Like uh, they show them and like, uh, I don't know, Olivia's reading one thing. She's reading decol. Like I think that's almost really like division. Like Olivia's reading a, you know, some normal, some different author, and she's reading colonization. And they're like they're separate because they're different. So uh, Paul, I mean Paula, I mean it's interesting because she's you know she's a person of color, right? And that means something to her, right? She sees like the world as us versus them, whites and whites and non-whites. Uh, but we don't even we're never even told like what race she is. So she's not like reading about black history or or whatever. She could be, you know, she could be part Indian. I, I don't know. I don't know what you know what she is. Um, she could be, you know, from Latin America or something. And like it's like but it's like we're supposed to I don't know if we're supposed to like that that's meaningful or like the producer actually does see the world that way because I do think like nobody ever points that out. They you know they it's just taken for granted by everyone in this universe. That because she's not white or she has some you know non-white you know significant component to her ancestry, like her and Kai are like in the she you know she could be like first generation immigrant to the United States, like second generation immigrant to the United States from some country that was never co- colonized. And like you know the fact that she has anything in common with Kai, who's like the native Hawaiians who lost their land, 
all of that is yeah. just taken for granted. It's never seen as any kind of paradox or anything strange about what's happening. Yeah. Well, the other thing is like, so, so I think when she was with Kai, you know, shortly after they had hooked up and he was like, I think he asked her to stay or was like, sort of like seeing what her plans were. And she was like, I can't stay here. You know, I have to go back to college. I have a whole life. And I think this was also this commentary of like, okay, so they're both like, whatever, they're both members of an oppressed class or whatever, but like Paula can still go back. Like she gets to go back to her fancy college and like go back to her normal life. And Kai has to stay there and continue sort of working his blue collar job or whatever. And so like, this is also this kind of commentary that like, even within these, you know, these sort of group categories, um, there are still like these sharp class divisions. And it's such that like the richer sort of like non-white oppressed person actually like, be, becomes the reason why the other one ends up going to jail <laughs> like yeah. you know like like tricking this this poor kid into doing something terrible and ruining his future out of her own like misguided sense of social justice um and she pays like zero price right because even though olivia knows what her friend did to her own family she's still not going to rat her out because whatever they're friends and like that's just like you know when you're in that rich elite bubble like that's just how it is, right? Like no one ends up paying any kind of like severe price for, for anything that they ever do. Uh, you see Shane like shaking the hand of the police detective after he sta- stabs Armand. Spoiler alert for whoever's yeah. watching this. But, you know, like Shane stabs Armand. And then, like the, the, the like, smash cut to like Shane shaking hands with the cop. Like, yeah, I killed this guy. You know, thanks very much, officer. Like, yeah. Well, the guy, you know, pooped no in, the guy left behind some evidence. The guy pooped in his. I think he, we know he broke in and we know he pooped <laughs> in his. I think they have DNA evidence that, that can make, you know, help you get off. And, you know, I think that, you know, that helps yeah. Shane. Was that like the first like in profile seed of someone defecating? I hate like that, why that, did that we was, need to see that why did we need to see him poop I, I did not that was that was I, horrible yeah, yeah but it was yeah, disgusting so, so we did not need to see they didn't need to show it i didn't I, I they were showing his face at start i didn't think they would take like a yeah like a profile of the whole thing i hope it, was, <laughs> I hope it wasn't real i mean i, I just hope i but, but oh, my oh God. no yeah that would be horrible that was real the other gross thing at the beginning was when he was playing with his balls on mark uh, and he was showing his, his testicles and saying, are they getting bigger? Do I have testicle cancer? And that was unnecessary, uh, too. He has a close-up of him touching it. Like, why are they doing this stuff? I, I don't know, like, why that's why yeah, it's, it's very, um It's mostly male, kind of, right? Like, you see Armand giving a rim job to the to the young hot oh, surfer yeah, guy. Also, yeah, so it's that's sort of like one. male stuff. Cre- Although, he, like, there was, there was, like, a very brief clip of Rachel. So the actress, Alexandra Daddario... Um, you know, you very briefly see her topless or something, but like, yeah, most of the, you know, most of you this see Rachel like, topless. I, yeah. At one point, like she's in bed and Shane like lifts the covers and you see her very briefly. It was like, you know, sort of like blink and you miss it kind of thing. Huh, um, but yeah, most of I it was all like, the gay stuff. I, I wish I would have signed that instead of all the, all the pooping. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Those, yeah. There were some like kind of, uh, like yeah, shots in this, in this, in this show that were tough to, tough to watch, but, uh, yeah, yeah man. what, uh, what else did you find interesting about this show? Uh, so or yeah, so characters? one thing we didn't cover was the, the relationship between the father, Mark and the son Quinn. And this was, this oh, was yeah. the only thing I was emotionally invested in was, was Quinn when he says, I don't want to go back to school. I just want to like paddle to Micronesia or, or whatever. I, I really wanted him to do it and they didn't let him. And I was like, I hope he just runs away. And then he does run away at the end. And I was happy yeah. that he gave up on school. And just he was the up. one person who like, like went through like a character transformation, right? Like who actually had like character growth through the show. Like yeah. everyone else remained the same. 
and Quinn was the one who like sort right. of like found and the parents were. I mean, the parents. I mean, the fact that like these people are trying to be liberal, but they're still like so conventional in their thinking. It's like, oh my god, you, you know, he's like he's got this life, like going to school every day, and he's like miserable. He hates his life, and like you know, he's nothing, and he gets like a taste of like being out in the ocean and like doing something physical and he loves it. And they're like, no, no, you have yeah. to go back. You can't. So, so how did he end up going back there though? Was, um, cause I saw like he was in line, like to board the jet, but someone like ran. let him, he just, he, no, just no, he, he didn't go in. He never went in the plane. They're in line to get on the plane. And the dad is like, come on, Quinn, come here. Like he wants him to come. He's just behind his dad in the, uh, uh in the line to get in the plane. And then he just runs off. And he bolts. Okay. Okay. Got it. So, so none of the, the parents didn't want him to interesting. Cause like, I, I, I couldn't like, I, I don't know why I didn't notice this about like, did the dad let him go or like, how did no, that the dad was work? saying, Oh, I don't yeah. think, no, I think the dad was saying, come on, why are you like staying that far back in line? And he's like, uh, don't worry. Okay. I'll, you know, I'll come, I'll come. Cause I was thinking I like in a, in a sort of strategic way, like when, like if, and when Quinn ends up applying to college, like that's going to be a hell of a personal statement for his admissions packet, right? Like, you know, the time I ran away when I was 16 to go like rowing with Hawaiians to Micronesia, like yeah. that's going to be a, like, a, like, you know, the, the sort of like the most impressive admissions essay, like that's going to go right to the top of the pile. So, you know, like in a way there is this sort like if the parents were okay with it, that could easily be like a reason why that like how many right. chances do you get to like have this incredible personal story as yeah. a rich kid, right? Like, you know, it's hard for rich kids to have those sort of like captivating personal interest stories because like if Quinn had just gone back with them, gone to private school, whatever, like you don't have that story. But if you go off to like, you know, row with these like ethnic Hawaiians to like some, you know, whatever, like that's a that's a powerful story that rich kids usually don't have. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, yeah, there is think... this sort of like uh, instrumental approach to like even adventures like that among among rich people like that. Many of them do think that way. Yeah. You know, like how do I yeah, turn yeah, this yeah, experience yeah. into something? Uh, tangible yeah. for my personal advancement. Well, you know, a lot of people are talking about the education system as being sort of not good for males, and I think that's that's right. Now, I don't think okay. it's good for anyone, uh, but it's yeah. particularly ill suited for men. It's like you know, but the people don't have any conception that any, anything else is possible. Like a sixteen-year-old to go live a, you know, on his own. Like his people have done that throughout history. Like you know, go, you know, people can do that. We say no. You're going to stay in the cocoon until you're, you know, you're in your mid twenties. You're going to go to college. I mean, it's very unhealthy. The fact that he's going out there, like at a young age, and doing something, you know, I was very yeah. happy about that. I was thinking about that. Like, would I let my son? You know, I don't have kids, but if I were to have a son, would I let him go off like that? I'm not sure. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I think I, I, I would. Think I, yeah, you think you would? Yeah. yeah. I I, well, I mean, if it's between that <laughs> or like, you know, going to going to some private school where they're just like, or the way, given the way he was, kids. given the way his life was, I mean, the, the, and like, oh, he's just miserable and, you know, directionless. And, you know, he got, he went out there did to breathe the have, fresh air. Did this kid have autism or Asperger's or something? Because Olivia kept making these like snide comments early on in the show about like, oh, he's, you know, he's stimming, like stimming is like, you know, about what autistic people do to like stimulate skimming? themselves. Is that what they call it? Stimming. What is it? It's like like moving their hands, like autistic people move their hands or whatever. And I guess this is like a way for them to like, I don't know, it's like entertaining or interesting for them to do this. Mm. Um, they call it stimming as in like stimulation. Um, huh, I don't know. And I wondered He's like, like and, and they put him in that closet or like the, the kitchen or whatever. And like, I can't imagine like an ordinary 15 year old boy being cool with that. But like if he's, you know, if he has some kind of like condition, then maybe he wouldn't care as much. Like I, mean, I, I couldn't tell. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think we, we define pretty much we define a lot of males these days as autistic or Asperger. So like, I think he's like, you know, he's a man who like a young man who is, uh, 
yeah, has these traits that are typically male. And I, I, you know, I don't like how we, I don't like how we always pathologize it and make it into like, you know, like we don't, we don't, we don't call what the girls are doing, like hitting in their feminine way, you know, some kind of disease. We, oh, we I, I, well, I mean, I, I clearly think that Olivia is a psychopath, but yeah, but we don't have enough. a female specific, we don't have a female specific disease, even that's a male, you know, yeah. a majority male disease. Okay. Uh, so yeah, this is, this well, is kind well, of the this. ones that used to be sort of female, whatever, like stereotypically female, like hysteria, like hysteria. right? Like yeah, those exactly. have become sort yeah, of Yeah, they're taboo. not diseases anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was sort of flipped and now we have very male diseases. <laughs> Good point. Yeah, so I like I liked that. I mean, I, the dad, I don't know, like the dad is just, uh, it's funny, but there's one scene where he's like, you know, it's tough for us these days he's like, because we, you know, quit is like, because we can't harass women. And then he's like, oh. <laughs> he said, no, yeah, well, he's yeah. Like, sort of like, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, the com- the general commentary is, yeah, we have to talk, we have to talk about, uh, yeah, we have to talk about Mad Men soon. Uh, I'm on, I'm on a few episodes. I've got a few more episodes, like two more what episodes. What is this? We, we should, Mad, oh, Men. Mad Men. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We I'm can get into Mad Men too later. There's something, yeah, because this remind, reminds me of like, like the whole like idea, like it's so pessimistic, like the modernity is so it's such a pessimistic view of it, right? It's like these people are either working in these terrible jobs or if they get, you know, uh, like these hospitality jobs and there's like a lot of indignities there or, or they're like rich and then they like don't know what to do with their money or to do with their time. And the only happiness is like, you know, paddling, you know, in the Pacific ocean. That's like the only like thing that seems like to make anyone happy. Right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, you know, it's like, uh, it's like a primitive, like if everyone just got back to like nature and like did, you know, thing, more things like that, like people would be happier. I think that's, I think that's the message and the understanding, right? Cause what, what else, what else is there to be happy besides paddling in the Pacific? Like who else like has a, are, yeah, there or at are least a lot of those kind of like, that is like sort of a, a trope in, in like even Mad Men, right? Whenever Don goes to California, you see him become like, like a new man and like feel like experience more fulfillment or something yeah. than when he's in I don't Manhattan. Think this, yeah, I don't think just, this view is that. Well, I mean, we'll talk about Mad Men later, but I, yeah, I think yeah. that I think the office life that is pretty cool. I mean, it, I think especially the early seasons. I, I think that's that is supposed to be cool. Yeah, um, but, but uh, yeah, but I think this, this idea nothing, of like this has nothing like that. This has nothing affluent people trying to like return to nature in some way. I think the other character is the uh, that that's a little bit sympathetic. Maybe has to figure out. So what's the what's the wife's name again? The uh, Mark's wife is uh, the Hillary Clinton Nicole, type Nicole Mossbacher. Nicole, yes. I think she is like supposed to be like a well-adjusted, responsible, like liberal, but not like too liberal or crazy. Practical. Yeah, she was early on. They tried to like portray her as like um, like manic, right? Because she was constantly moving furniture around in the hotel room, and Olivia kept saying, "Mom, like, there's medication for this. Stop stressing out, you know, whatever." And I couldn't quite tell if like was she manic? Did she have something going on with her? But in the end, she did turn out to be like I well, think she, pretty well she, adjusted. She's, pretty well she's on the line with China. Somebody makes some comment about China. Was it Olivia or something? Do you remember this? Who who was that? Something about selling out to China or something? Do you remember this? Uh, no, 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 I, I, yeah. Well, I I remember she had a work conference or something in the in the hotel room with her like Chinese clients or something. Yeah, and somebody said something about China, but I, I don't remember. I don't remember now. Uh, but yeah. yeah, I think she's like. But she was you know, a good mom, like, though. I thought like she wasn't yeah, she's like, like yeah, she's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think she's supposed to be supposed to be the most like there's you know sympathetic like there's sympathetic characters who are miserable like Rachel right sympathetic and miserable so like who is like sympathetic and happy Quinn at the end he's sympathetic the whole time but then he's only happy when he goes hangs out with the Hawaiians and yeah. uh, the mother is closest to sympathetic and happy 
Although um, even a she, okay. so now I'm thinking about her interactions with Rachel. There was that like, so early oh, yeah, on, like remember Rachel yeah, yeah. sees like Rachel sees her and says like how much she admires her and like Nicole at first, then a mom is sort of like, you know, like, like trying to support this young woman's career. I think she even asks Nicole for advice about what to do. And I think Nicole's like, you know, you should whatever, go for what you want, or I don't know, gives her some kind of validation. And then, and then Nicole discovers that Rachel wrote that piece that Nicole believed was like a hit piece on her saying, oh, she wrote this Me Too wave to her current position in her career. And suddenly the, the, the claws come out and she becomes like very unpleasant, but in like a very sort of like subtle way, right? Like, yeah, like, I mean, like within the context yeah. of the show. So yeah, she sort of like says like that, yeah. that was a fuck. She actually, she straight up said like that was a fucked up piece. So right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that was yeah a hint of like yeah not i mean i I think compared to the universe of characters and how much how sympathetic they are right i think i don't think that was nearly anywhere close to i don't think it was you know but i did find it interesting that like yeah and she always has these good rebuttals to like olivia and paula right and i you know it's like her her like of hillary clinton like i think like yeah i think i think the producer just like hillary clinton i think they just just, (laughs) that's what they want they don't want to go any further than that yeah centrist liberals yeah, I, I mean that's that is yeah. I mean I think there's a reason Andrew. I think it is like Andrew Sullivan. I keep talking about Andrew Sullivan. <laughs> he's, the only, yeah. he's the only review I read. I should have read more reviews. I had more to comment on. Uh, but yeah, it, it does seem to be like it's Andrew Sullivan's politics, pretty much, or maybe a little bit more liberal, but something he's he's clearly comfortable with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean the the, the show was like when I when I, I I hadn't finished the show when I read Andrew Sullivan's comments and. Yeah, I think I I still think it was like a little too optimistic, but but I do see that it like the show was like taken as a whole, like yeah, kind of a critique of of wokeness and what while at the same time, like sort of showing us, you know, sort of the effects of these beliefs and how I think it is like somewhat sympathetic to them. Like we sort of understand like why Kai would be upset and why he would attempt to go for that robbery. Like why would he why he would allow himself to be talked into attempting to rob yeah. the family by Paula. But like, you know, you sort of, I think you're, you're, you feel bad for the guy, but you, you're not outraged, right? Because it's still wrong what he did. And yeah. I still like, you know, yeah, I feel bad for the kid, but at the same time, like what he did was horrible. Like, and, and sort of the way that he scared Nicole and punched Mark, like that whole situation was like, you know, whatever, maybe he shouldn't have been arrested and hauled to jail, but he definitely should have been fired. Well, you should be arrested. I mean, you're a pretty liberal guy if you think you can steal seventy thousand dollars or something. You know, he's a jeweler. You get seventy thousand and not, not getting arrested. I think is pretty pretty lenient. Yeah, pretty okay. so. Not even okay, San Francisco. Fine. You know, we'll, we'll even arrest San Francisco. That. That's that's not a that's a felony. It's not a misdemeanor. <laughs> San Francisco, seventy five thousand dollar bracelet. Yeah, that's not a misdemeanor. Yeah, no matter what race you are, you steal seventy five thousand. I think. Uh, yeah. I think well, Hawaiian. I mean, but well, if you're a Hawaiian who's had your land stolen, yeah, because like. Yeah, where do where do Hawaiians fall under the sort of you know the oppression pyramid or whatever you know? But yeah, I guess if you find your land stolen in and you're an indigenous person, very... you come in second place, right? Because there's BIPOC, it's black, and then indigenous. So he's in second, like he's sort of in that yeah. category of like the, know, Hawaiian, I mean, the Hawaiians are not you know mis- I mean they're, like sometimes you'll see indigenous and the people they'll be like you know super miserable and like dr- drunk on their reservations. They're all like healthy and like happy and like you know they you know you don't get the sense that they're you know constantly suffering as a result of their oppression um so 
so there's that too. It's like, yeah, they, you know, they got something stolen, but you know, they still get to live in Hawaii and they're still in shape. I guess that's, that makes it less depressing. But of course, that's the, that's the hotel because it's and they're more know, distant right from. I think yeah, they're kind of like you know geographically disconnected from sort of the like politics of oppression. Yeah, it's a very localized thing. Something you know, and they have their own culture, about. right? Like they've sort of like I think because they've been geographically isolated, they have their own culture, and they don't have to like adopt the you know, beliefs and neologisms of like upper middle class white sort of like grievance politics or something. Cause they, they have a tradition that extends, you know, hundreds or thousands of years or whatever. Like that, that's sort of what happens to like immigrants in the U S right. Like the, the newly arrived immigrants to the U S sort of like have their old traditions. They don't get sucked into it. Like the oppression stuff. And then they have kids who do, right. So it's sort of like the first and second generation, uh, immigrants like Asian, you know, kids of Asian immigrants or Hispanic immigrants who suddenly like, you know, become like hyper woke. Yeah, yeah. I think that's I think that's right. Yeah. Anything? I mean, anything else in the in the show? I, I think I think we covered. I think we covered quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I think so. Yeah. I, I mean, think, yeah, I, would you recommend uh, the viewers to watch it? If you have a soft, I mean, if you have a, a heart, you know, your stomach. I, I, I when he when he looks like he's about to start to poop. Turn away because you're going to see away. it. Yeah, close your eyes you're for gonna, about ten you're, seconds. You're going to see. You're going to see it. Uh, you know, you won't miss anything in the story. It wasn't necessary to see it. To see yeah, it. Actually. Yeah, I think uh, it was like, yeah, it's not like a must watch, but it's entertaining. And, it's uh, not a must uh, watch, uh, but I think the, you know the fact that it fun. gave us so much to talk about during this conversation. First of all, I don't know like why why a person would be. I would never listen to an entire podcast with all the spoilers. So that, and then watch something if you want to watch it. You should probably we should probably should have watched it before um, yeah, before yeah. listening to us. But yeah, but if I was gonna, you know, yeah, I, I, it's worth it. I guess depends on. What I else wonder you're how doing. many people watch shows watch. after they listen to us talk about it versus before. Maybe I'll maybe I'll run a Twitter poll. Like, do we? Yeah. You know, how, how do you listen to these? Do you listen to them before or after you? Uh, or do you watch in the middle, right? Because like sometimes I'll listen to whatever i'll read something in the middle of of a series right like i read andrew sullivan's piece even though i hadn't finished the series yet so you know how can you how do you i mean how do you do that because i want to be i want to be like uh i you know i I don't want spoilers i mean that that's part of the sort of uh, joy of watching a show like this yeah for for a show like this where like you know i don't think they're like maybe the biggest spoilers like who's in the casket but like even that to me wasn't like a big this wasn't like a thriller or suspense or anything so for something like Mm -hmm. this i didn't really care about spoilers yeah, I like to, I like to go on fresh. I like to yeah know as li- know as little as possible usually uh, before I go into something. Uh, but okay, yeah, yeah, maybe we'll maybe we'll ask our uh, our listeners and our readers. Okay, that was that was fun, Rob. Thanks a lot. I mean, I, I think yeah, I, yeah. I guess overall, yeah, depending on what else you're doing. I mean, it, the fact you know, I, I I wasn't that crazy about it. Like when we uh, started talking, but the fact that it gave us so much to talk about, I think changed my li- mind a little bit. In retrospect, makes me a little bit friendly friendlier to it and maybe look look at it with sort of a new eyes so yeah i guess i guess it is worth watching yeah i think um, if you watch it in the right way i mean if you if you keep an eye out for all of these sort of subtleties within the show which i think were were you know more or less i think they were well done so yeah, yeah. this okay, was fun cool. thanks thanks richard until next time bye